Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your off-seasoned Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network streaming on Sirius XM, as well as TuneIn Radio. Chris is making a face. I am Sam Marku, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, none other than Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Well... We're back. Another off season of podcasting about what ifs and what will be. Um, this one stings, Sam, because I, based on our score picks last week, we both <laughs> neither uh, expected to win, of course. But, you know, when they say I'd rather get blown out than lose a close one. Um yeah, it stings, man. And let me paint a picture for you for my Sunday. Um, and you probably don't even know this unless I told you and I forgot. Um, I know you texted me. Uh, multiple people texted me, including my son's high school football coach, mid-game, and I ignored it. I did yeah. not uh, look at my phone for eight straight hours because we were at a rugby tournament. And I recorded the Dolphins game, uh, drove home from Charleston, got home about um, eight 8.30 at night, so n- didn't know what happened, was hoping for good things and pushed play, and the whole time I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, this is where we get destroyed. Oh, yeah, we're about to get blown out. And then it's like halftime, and I'm like, wait, Hold fuck. A second. <laughs> yeah, the absolute urge to look at my phone. <laughs> like, should I save myself from the second half? You know what I mean? But no, I didn't. I watched the game as is. Fast forwarding through commercials, which totally recommend 10 out of 10, uh, not watching commercials. That was great. Um, but yeah, we, we fell short again, man. 34, 31 played the bills tough all season, all three games, uh, very disappointing with the th- reasons we lost, you know, and we'll get into it, but, um, yeah, uh, another off season, Sam, here we are again, uh, year seven. Well, I, I know that you were disappointed by the time you actually had watched the game, the rest of us had already sort of gotten over it you know like because we, we'd seen it in real time or listening to it truth be told i was not watching the game in real time i was getting updates on my phone i had things to do and i watched it later uh which took the sting out of seeing it because i already knew the results obviously but it, it yeah i mean by the time you and i spoke you were like i hate everything i'm so mad and i'm like i don't know i've kind of processed it and i've kind of moved on i mean we're you know, losing 17 nothing and came back to take the lead i oh trust me i know <sighs> I, I by the time the second half happened and we had that fumble recovery for a touchdown everyone's like you need to start watching this game like sounds like i don't you know if i'm going to be you know realistic right. like keep me away from it. it seems like it's working whatever's working <laughs> um but you know what also was working was uh for me working on bet online i i know we lost the game but i won the bet i hit a four leg parlay on that game, Chris. Uh, I had the Dolphins plus 13 and a half. I had the Dolphins with over 13 and a half points on the game. I had um, first half points over 22 and a half, at which they they blew out of the water. And then I had Skylar Thompson plus 0.5 touchdown passes in the game. So other than the overall, you know, losing to the Bills, I was pretty happy because Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting 
this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you promo code, use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Yeah, Chris. So I was winning. Uh, even when my team was losing. So maybe that helped take the sting out of it a little bit, but let's get into the game. Uh, look, we're talking about what happened and how the season ended. We've already started to see the wheels churn and turn for 2023 and beyond. We're going to talk about Josh Boyer getting fired, breaking news here on uh, the town of Perfectville podcast. Um, Josh Boyer's out. We're going to talk about that and what all that means, but let's get into the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins round three. Uh, see, I had a different, I don't know. I, I just had a different thought process than you, Chris, and that I know you were disappointed. And so was I, I'm a Dolphins fan. Like, let's, let's be honest, but they played them so well and they played it with a third string rookie seventh round draft pick quarterback in Skylar Thompson. They played them with a very beat up and decimated defensive backfield. They played them without Raheem Mostert. They played them with a very, you know, beat up, but still playing Teron Armstead. I don't know. I look at this game and go, we should not have been within three points of this. We should have not had a lead in the second half. Um, but even with all that, we had a chance to win the game with like two minutes left. And I don't know, maybe that's as good as we can get with the roster as it's currently constructed against a Buffalo Bills team, which was relatively healthy, playing at home with a lot of emotion um, and has been there before and has a ton of continuity. So I don't know. All things considered, losing by three to the Buffalo Bills sucks. But it didn't suck as much as I felt like you. I was proud of them. It seems like you were disappointed in them. Yeah, I think, um, and I, I tweeted this so I can elaborate on it now here on this platform. But, um, of course, in the context of things, um, they played tough. And to be down 17 nothing and to come back and take a lead and almost upset, like one of the biggest upsets in probably playoffs in the last 10 years. It would have been um, major news if we'd won that game. Absolutely. Sure. On the road, Demar Hamlin is there. I mean, like everything. Um, and yes, in context, it, we should just be like, "Hey, great job! Wow, they stepped up and played hard for Mike McDaniel." Which, looking at it in the future, that that does excite me. Um, that Mike McDaniel obviously is a coach; these guys will play for and will not quit on. Um, but I think in the other context, the context of being a Dolphins fan, um, we've seen teams with injuries do the unthinkable. Brock yeah. Purdy is about to you know a game and a half away from the super bowl and he was mr irrelevant um so i see other teams get injuries and guys step up and play they're all nfl football players some are better than others of course i know that um but it's just one of those things and what i tweeted was i'm, I'm just sick of the moral victories yeah um of the hey we're close all right on the next year now do i think this is different with a more solid foundation that we have in place possibly <laughs> we still don't have a first round pick cap space is in eh, which we can make things happen with byron jones and guys like that that we restructure or cut um it just felt like win now and i wasn't yeah. thinking the super bowl but just get that like steve young monkey off your back win a playoff game like i i said it on twitter i believe i tweeted i was a virgin the last time we won a playoff game it's 13 years old. It's a virgin. I have a almost 15 year old son. Um, 
it's just yeah i i'm done with the more i'm just i don't get happy about that anymore about the great jobs and we came close and can you believe what we did with that roster yeah i want to just be there and win like i'm just ready for it. i'm just sick of everything else because that's all we've seen I understand all that. And and people are saying Brock Purdy, this Brock Purdy, that people have to understand the, the Miami Dolphins defense is not the San Francisco 49ers defense. Sure. That San Francisco 49ers defense is number one in the league for a reason. I mean, they're like one in the past second against the run first overall. They gave up the least amount of points in the entire league. I mean, that helps a lot. We did not have that with the Miami Dolphins defense, hence why Josh Bohr was fired. We'll get into that later, obviously. Uh, we also don't have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> you can make a, we don't have the offensive line that they have. If you watch that 49ers game against, I mean, they were losing at halftime to the Seahawks. And a big part of that was due to the fact that Brock Purdy looked like a seventh round draft pick quarterback in that first game. It, the game was pretty big for him. He, the, fir- the very first drive, they got a field goal. Um, and it shouldn't have even been that many. He threw a ball that was right to a Seattle Seahawks defensive back. The guy slipped and fell. Otherwise, that's a you know that's probably a pick six actually based on where he was at, or at least a, a pretty decent return. And then you look at uh, you know th- the play right before the field goal was right in the linebacker's hands. I mean, he did not play well. He he settled down in the second half. More likely, that defense settled down in the second half, and things got better. But you know what, Brock Purdy right now is on a streak that nobody else in the history of the league has ever done. So he's not a good comp in my opinion. I just think when you look at what Skylar Thompson was thrown into, you know, he 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 was thrown to the wolves. He he hasn't had the experience at the NFL level that Brock Purdy has had, even at this point. Brock Purdy's been playing since we played them uh, back in week, whatever that was, you know, eleven uh, or twelve. So there, the experience matters. You know, going on the road in, in Buffalo matters versus being at home for Brock Purdy. I mean, there's there's so many just extenuating circumstances that I look at all that and go, okay. You know, we, we did have a good showing. There is a little bit of a moral victory there. If nothing else, I think we showed some chinks in the armor for the Buffalo Bills that perhaps a team like the Bengals can go in there and beat them. And I'd be happy with that, too. I mean, we kind of did that with the Patriots a few years ago and ended that whole uh, dynasty as well. So I don't know. I, I would have obviously would have loved to have won the game. And it was close. I I'm a, I disagree with you. I'd rather lose a close game than get blown out. Because if you get blown out, you know, again, 62 to 7 is still something that comes up to this day. People aren't going to look at this at 34-31 and go, ha-ha, you lost to the Bills. Everyone that I've talked to this week, Chris, is like, man, you guys were there. You guys played them. You guys did well. You know, There's some questions about, obviously, the play calling. Mike McDaniel's going to have to clean that up. I, I maintain, Chris, this is what I want this offseason. This program, I want I want Tua walking around. I want Tua testing out helmets, number one. We'll talk about that. The concussions are a real thing, but I want Tua testing out helmets. And in that helmet, I want radio receiver, and I want McDaniel on the headset all off season and everything he does, he's going to relay to Tua to, for Tua to do, and it needs to be done within 35 seconds. That's what needs to happen. I don't want 45 seconds. I want 35 seconds. You get to the line and you get set. And you run your plays. There's absolutely no reason for uh, who. I don't give a shit who told Mike McDaniel it was first down. Uh, that's a bad rookie mistake for a coach to have to make. Um, you know, we had some really bad drops. Jalen Waddle didn't play particularly well early. He came on late. Tyreek Hill didn't have your typical Tyreek Hill game. Uh, Mike Kosicki's the guy we're looking for for fourth, fourth in the season, especially when you haven't been relying on him all season long. I mean, those are just oddball things right there. There were some plays that were definitely missed by Skylar Thompson, who's a rookie. Um, but overall, I mean, we'll talk about the quarterback position. We'll break down all the positions on another ep- episode. I think Skylar Thompson uh, is on this team next year, and I think Skylar Thompson probably, uh, if not outright handed the job, will be competing for that 
backup quarterback position with Tua Tungavailoa. I don't know that I love the idea of bringing in another veteran, but we'll talk about that on another day. Um, in general, here's the thing. We're going to talk about defense, Chris. Here's where, here's where I wanted to go. This defense played inspired in this game. I know yes. they gave up 34 points, but what, seven sacks? I mean, they're stripping the ball. Bradley Chubb came alive. Bradley Chubb almost made me have to eat everything bad I had said about Bradley Chubb, Chubb up until that point. Uh, Jalen Phillips was an absolute animal. Um, you know, we had a couple of interceptions from Josh Allen. Christian Wilkins is getting under the skin of Josh Allen and getting people mad at him. I mean, it was what you want to see this defense play like. It was a good personality test for this defense, in my opinion. The defense did exactly what I asked them to do on last week's podcast. I mentioned superstars stepping up in big moments like this. And here's Chubb, here's Phillips, here's Wilkins, here's Howard making plays. So, yes, the points are high. It's the Bills. Yeah. Um, if two is a healthy two is a quarterback in the game, it's a shootout, and we're on to the divisional round, in my opinion. Yeah, the, I, I way, the way the defense was playing, it was just Tua, lights out. If, if Tua is playing this game, we win. I, I'm I'm convinced of it because I don't think Jalen Waddle drops that ball early in the game. I think there's some other reads there that Tua would have made that uh, Skyler just hasn't been able to make quite yet. Um, I would even go as far as this: if Tua is still out, everything else is the same, and Raheem Mostert is in the game. I think we have that first down. <laughs> there's no, there's absolutely no question about fourth and inches or fourth and six or anything else. It's probably a first down and we're probably still driving. And people forget, man, that, that was the part that did kill me. That was a swift kick to the nuts, uh, which apparently um, is, is in vogue for me here this week. But uh, the, that, that fourth down play was at midfield and you're down by three. You really need, especially with Jason Sanders, who was just basically singing a redemption song over the last part of the season, you really needed about another 15 yards to give yourself a legitimate shot of even tying the game. We were, we, we were that close. I mean, that that's the part that is a, a swift kick to the balls. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that was the most frustrating thing. Um, 42 yards rushing as a team. Yeah. Um, one thing we called out about, uh, called out last week, we wanted to see what Skylar Thompson used his feet. Didn't really do it. Um, I really wish he would have done something like that. That's changed Daniel Jones entire career yep. path this year yep. is using his feet and running and i'm not asking him to be lamar jackson but there's times where it's third and 10 where take off and go when they're in man coverage or when they have two safeties over the top of tyreek and waddle and it just didn't happen and that could have been r- rookie um issues um or just learning mistakes and learning opportunities for skyler and look this isn't me um shitting on sky i don't let, even blame him completely i mean mcdaniel man there's just something with how long it takes for him to get the play call in um, that is just entirely infuriating. Um, The excuse of thinking it's a first down and the personnel and whatnot. I mean, you got to know those things. You got to have a spotter, somebody that's telling you this. Um, It just not a good look because watching on TV, it was clearly not a first down. I I don't know why he even thought it was. Um, Well, he doesn't have the yeah, he doesn't have the view that we have, Chris. I, I agree with you there, and I want you to finish your thought, but I wanted to counter that with something that Sean Payton came out and said this week, which I thought was terribly interesting as well. But uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. And and then, uh, so, you know, McDaniel with rookie issues and mistakes, Waddle with the drops, man, that's, yeah. that's vital. There's one if he makes the catch. We're in field goal range, and we're looking at a tie game um, at the end of this one because of that. I mean, leaving points on the board with the guys that defensively stepped up, like I asked, Um 
really Waddle just kind of went in a, in a shell uh, in, in this playoff game in the very first one. And that was disappointing. And I yeah. don't think that's going to be the norm and we're going to see that more. Um, it just was a, a rough game for him uh, as far as what we're expecting, what we needed from, from that guy. Um, and it could be directly related to Skylar Thompson, him not having chemistry, but regardless of who's throwing the football and hits you in the hands, yeah. your first round pick, you, you make that catch. Well, and and I think nine times out of ten he does, and and I think that one's going to live with him all off season. But I will say this: I thought Jalen Waddle played much better in the second half. I thought Absolutely. he came on strong. I know he was battling injuries, as a lot of the team was. Tyreek was as well, and he fought through it. You know, and he got out there, and and I, you know, I commend him for that. But that first drop on that first pass was like. Mm. Dude, you know, like you said, that puts us in field goal range and now hopefully 3-3 and you're talking about a completely different outcome the rest of the way uh, with regards to play calling and everything else. But, you know, look, it it happened. I I will say this, you know, the one saving grace, because I was killing Mike McDaniel. I'm like, well, this explains, you know, why he couldn't get the play call and he's smoking weed on the, uh, you know, through a vape pen on the sidelines and everything else. But Sean Payton brought up a great point, I think, on Colin Cowherd's um, uh, terrible radio show where he said, look. They just don't give you spots anymore the way they used to as a head coach. Like he said, towards the end of my career as as the Saints head coach, I used to ask, hey, I need a spot right there. It's fourth and inches. I need a spot. I need a measurement, right? Right. And they used to do it all the time, right on the right on the plot. You know, okay, the coach is asking for it. We're going to give it to him. Towards the end of his time in New Orleans, he said, they just wouldn't. They just look at him like, what are you, crazy? We're not doing that. And it seemed like it's something coming down from the league for one reason or another, whether it was to speed up the game or just, hey, we don't want the coaches, you know, doing this. They're getting an extra time out out of it. Whatever the reasoning was, you know, Sean was talking about, look, this happens. It, it happens from time to time. You don't know what the spot actually is. And that's why as a coach, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good thing to be able to say, hey, I need a measurement. So you know exactly what's going on because you got the wrong personnel out there and you can't figure it out. But that being said, uh, you know, if that's what costs you the game, you know, if, if you do get that fourth and inches um, play call in and you have the right personnel in and and you, you you go on to score a touchdown in that game, that that one, you know, that rips your heart out because you don't know after that. But I, I'll say this. We said they needed to play a perfect game. They needed to create turnovers, and they needed to capitalize on all those turnovers in order to beat the Bills. They almost did it. You know, they. It's. I, I appreciate the Miami Dolphins listening to this podcast and taking notes because that defense came out and they <laughs> they played a hell of a game. Uh, the offense did. They looked like an offense led by a seventh round rookie quarterback. Um, you know, they got one touchdown on the game from the offense. The rest they had to settle for field goals. Kudos to Jason Sanders, who may have saved his job, quite frankly. Uh, with his effort against the Jets and, of course, against the Bills in the playoffs. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, final thoughts on the Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins wildcard game. Yeah, I've been negative, so I will flip it with this because we do have an offseason coming up and life does go on. Um, and I'm really – and I know we're going to get into it, but I'm really happy with what I'm seeing from Mike McDaniel so far this offseason with not hesitating, not waiting, and making the moves he is because he knows how close we are. Uh, I love seeing the players' reaction on social media. Armstead saying we're going to be something to be reckoned with. Tyreek Hill, um, Van Ginkle, uh, even Morstead, who might not even be back next year. Uh, the guys are, are excited, and they know what they have in that locker room, and they're a few pieces away. Uh, so hope, hopefully we get them. Um, I will plant my flag now and say we have to win a playoff game in 2023. I mean, yeah. like that that has to happen. Um, or it's a complete utter failure. Like there is no other way about it, in my opinion, to just make the playoffs again. Like that's not, we're done. I'm done aiming for that. That's something we used to say in the past. And then the other thing I'll close with uh, as far as what I saw in my opinions on everything, 
we closed the gap on Buffalo. 100%. Buffalo used to, the last few years, own us. And by own us, I mean like by 50. It wasn't even close. I wasn't even excited about a game. The fact that we lost, uh, won a game uh, in a comeback fashion, lost barely when we had to lead late in the snow, and then lost again with a seventh-round quarterback and tons of injuries in a playoff game, win-or-die type situation shows we're here to challenge for the AFC East for the years to come, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you close the gap on Buffalo. That means you've, you've closed the gap on everyone in the AFC East. And I, I don't know if this was by design, but it does seem like if we can get Buffalo, everything else will take care of itself. I mean, I, I know we lost to the Patriots this year. I know we lost to the Jets this year. Extenuating circumstances, of course. But this team, I think, is is primed to be good for a, a couple of years here. And I think that's part of the reason why we're taking a look at the defensive coordinator role uh, as we are, which we're going to get into, I guess, Shit, man, let's just get into it right now. I mean, the, it came out today here, Chris, that the uh, the Miami Dolphins, after a couple of days when their season ended, uh, did what maybe uh, is no surprise to anybody, and they fired their defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, after three years. Uh, this guy was uh, considered a head coaching candidate a couple of years ago, even maybe as uh, late as last year. Um, he's a former New England Patriots uh, assistant, and of course, uh, he's now unemployed. But uh, Josh Boyer fired after three years as the defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. He was inherited by Mike McDaniel. And if you remember, Chris, I think there were uh, a lot of rumblings last year that when Mike McDaniel was hired, that part of that hiring um, was conditional, that he had to keep the defense intact. And they're they're not going to come out and say that. I think Mike McDaniel came out and said, why would I want to get rid of him? I've seen what he's done. But I think that was coach speak. I think they did say, look, we, we really want you to keep some continuity on the defensive side of the ball. But one year later, my have th- how things have changed. Uh, your thoughts, your initial thoughts of Josh Boyer. How did you feel? Let me put it this way. How did you feel when you found out today that Josh Boyer was no longer employed by the Miami Dolphins to be their defensive coordinator? What was your first thought, your first feeling, Chris? I immediately elatedly messaged my dad and brother and my buddy Jason and said, Boyer's gone. Um, I Do I blame all of this on him? No. Um, tons of injuries. I mean, just ridiculous. Byron Jones, Howard missing time, Brandon Jones being out. Uh, Needham and um, Rowe missing time. It just, it, it, it was a tough season injury wise. However, the decisions made by Boyer and the lack of scheme or changes of scheme when things weren't working. Uh, we mentioned it, I think last week, but we definitely mentioned it, uh, mentioned it after the game that chargers yeah series where he puts everybody in the end zone i mean like just decisions like that we already had mcdaniel on the sideline telling him to quote fucking fix it um it it was just it been an issue all year uh i think it's proof that flores was the brains behind that uh that whole monster machine uh boyer just um nice guy i liked his exit interview uh hope he steps up and finds a place to work but um Glad he's gone. I think there's better options out there. And I really think McDaniel uh, isn't making this decision, not having anyone in mind. I'm sure there's somebody coming in that's going to pair well with Mike and take advantage of the uh, talent we have on that side of the ball to make us better and back up there in the top echelon of uh, defenses in the NFL in 2023. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was I was looking at, you know, I was talking last night on, on a team's call of, okay, if you get rid of Josh Boyer, that means one of two things. He's so bad that you're better off without him ever being there ever again. And B, you have to have a plan as to somebody that you think might be better to take over. I mean, I just, I feel like that, that has to be part of this mindset. 
but I guess my guess, my, my thought on this, Chris, is the injuries were there. Whether whether Brian Flores was the brains or Josh Boyer was, I, I, it doesn't really matter. They're both gone from this organization at this point. But the decision to actively, that's the only way I can say this, the decision to actively not address the linebacking issues that had been there for a couple of years yes. is ultimately going to be Josh Boyer's downfall because that defensive line is one of the best in the league. I would take this defensive line against anyone, including the San Francisco 49ers who have the number one defense in the NFL. Our third string defensive tackle would start on most NFL rosters. 100% agree. The defensive backfield when healthy, which is the caveat when healthy is really hard to beat. I mean, you, you talk about a, a potential of Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Brandon Jones, and Javon Holland back there with, oh, by the way, Nick Needham as your nickel cornerback and Eric Rowe as your, you know, third string. In the way Cater Kohu has stepped up. Exactly. I mean, so they, the talent was there on on the bookend parts of the defense. And I think the, the, the mindset was, if we're good here and we're good there, the middle doesn't really matter. We can get by with mediocre linebacker play because they're going to be covered by the defensive line and they're going to be covered by the defensive backfield. And you know what? The problem with that theory is that the defensive backfield fell apart and the defensive line couldn't do everything to cover for those linebackers. And we got exposed time and time again with Landon Roberts, with Jerome Baker, you know, Duke Riley, all these guys, great guys, I'm sure, but they're just not the guys that are going to carry a defense. And it's kind of like the, the Brian Flores effect of running backs. Like we ignored running back for so long that we finally got competent running back play this year with Raheem Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson Jr. that you're just like, oh my God, that's what it's supposed to look like. Right. There's holes opening. There's running back getting through those holes. We, we ignored linebacker for so long that once we get linebackers in here, we're going to be like, oh my God, like, how did we, how did we put a defense out there without this? Right. So ultimately I think what's going to be the downfall of Josh Boyer is the lack of development of linebacking play for this Miami Dolphins defense. Now, um, just a couple of things to back up this statement. The Miami Dolphins were middle of the right, middle of the field. Everyone go, oh my God, they were so good against the run. Okay. They were terrible against the pass. Uh, in terms of points allowed, they were bottom 10 in the league in terms of points given up on this defense. Now, why does that matter? Because the people that are around them that were also giving up bad defense, you know, giving up a lot of points, the Chicago Bears, the Arizona Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, Los Angeles Rams. I mean, these Cleveland Browns, I mean, these are, these are your, your neighbors in terms of points against on defense. That's not a good place to be. Now, on the other side of that, the teams that gave up the least amount of points, they're still playing football right now, Chris. The San Francisco 49ers, the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, uh, these are all top 10 defenses in terms of giving up points or, or points allowed. Um, six of the eight teams that are still in the playoffs right now were top 10 defenses in terms of points against. Defense matters, and the Miami Dolphins didn't have enough of it in 2022, which is why... Josh Boyer was fired. And this is where <laughs> I talked about the context earlier of uh, why I felt as morally defeated as I did after the loss where everybody else was like, Hey, we played good. It, it just, it's not this team and raced me to douchey point to tweet me and be like, who, who are you yelling at the logo? I mean, no, I'm obviously yelling at my dad who sorry if he's listening and he's admitted this and apologized for this, for allowing me to root for this 
fucking franchise for the universe to just screw us time and time again. I'm yelling at the world for just letting this continue to happen and me to continually emotionally get geared towards up, uh, up towards this team and excited for another season and another run at things. And now things are different things are changing. And here we are again, the same thing. We have an offense, Sam, for the first time since the nineties, we're top 10 and, Yep. Yard scoring, things like that. Of course, we have injuries all over the defense. And of course, we're bottom 10 in scoring defense. When can we ever contextually in this universe put them both together? Yeah. Like it's just if we had this offense in the early 2000s, we win five straight Super Bowls yep. with Jason Taylor, and Zach Thomas, Sam Madison, Patrick Stan. We just never have the balance. Yeah. And I don't know if we need Thanos to be the new defensive coordinator to perfectly balance as all things should be, but that's what I'm yelling at race. That's what I mean. It's just, it's, it's never works out for us and I'm, I'm sick of it. And we need now to fix this defense and linebackers where you got to start. Yeah. Well, look, it wasn't just Josh Boyer that lost his job today here, Chris, you had the safeties coach, Steve Gregory, outside linebackers, coach, Ty McKenzie and assistant linebackers, coach, Steve Ferenc. So almost the entire linebacking coaching staff, gone the safeties coach gone all of these guys had ties not only to brian flores but also to the new england patriots so when you look at the house cleaning that happened if you will or at least the room cleaning that happened for the miami dolphins today all of the old patriot way defensive gone. assistant coaches are now gone and i like that i mean i just the message that that sends is this is not how we are going to play defense going forward now there's a lot of talk about should the Miami Dolphins move from a quote-unquote 3-4 base defense to a 4-3 defense? Uh, a lot of the top defenses in the NFL right now are a 4-3 defense, so you would be following that trend. Um, either way, and I maintain, Chris, I don't know. I don't know. That's really going to depend on what Mike McDaniel and the new defensive coordinator scheme up, what they think is best. I do think we have the defensive line talent to switch and from a 3-4 to a 4-3. Uh, we don't have the linebacker talent to do that, but we didn't have the linebacker talent to do a 3-4. So if you're going to make a switch like that, this does seem like the right time because five of our linebackers are free agents, which means you're going to rebuild that roster anyway. And if you want to rebuild it in a 4-3 versus a 3-4, now's your chance to do it, assuming you can, of course, find the money to do it, which we'll talk about the money and the free agency on another podcast. Um, do you have a preference, 4-3 or 3-4, in terms of uh, you know your your standard base defense? I know you've uh, you've been around the game your whole life. My favorite to play in um, is selfishly a 4-3 because I was a Mike linebacker, so I love being the man in the middle um, and not sharing responsibilities and gap responsibilities and things like that and just being... a quote unquote sideline to sideline within the box. Uh yeah. right. So you go uh hash mark to hash mark basically at, at the middle linebacker and you had to be athletic and you had to know what you're doing and be instinctual. Um three four Bill Parcells always said you always want the better athletes on the field. So four linebackers as opposed to three fat D linemen, you're gonna want, you know, other than Aaron Donald, um, you're gonna want four stud guys on the field as opposed to four fatties and three stud you know linebackers. But the problem is finding those linebackers. If we're running a 3-4 with Duke Riley, Landon Roberts, Jerome Baker, and Sam Agavin, we're not striking the fear of anybody. In fact, that sounds like our third quarter, second preseason game defense, yeah. uh, honestly. So, yeah, we have to upgrade at that position, and I don't know how much cap space and draft capital we have to actually do that so if we did switch to the four three we're already strong at the end and d tackle where we can have rotate a, a christian wilkins a zach sealer and a raekwon davis at the two dt spots with phillips and chubb at a dn pass rushing situation and 
fill it in with Baker, maybe, and two other much, God, please, much better linebackers in Atlanta Roberts and Duke Riley. I mean, like, I don't think I can name a team in the NFL Duke Riley starts for other than the Miami Dolphins. Like, other than blonde dyed hair, uh, why? Why do I see him on my television starting in a playoff game? I, I I don't understand anything. If you guys are hearing me laugh as you listen to this podcast right now, it's because the thought of Bill Parcells talking about needing the best athletes on the field when he is shaped like an RC Cola two-liter bottle with tits is the most amazing contradiction I've ever you know, envisioned in my life. Um, and uh, I can't stop giggling because of it. No, look, Atlanta Roberts had over 100 tackles for the Miami Dolphins this year. Yeah, they're all and 20 people, yards on field. Thank you. That's my <laughs> point is that everyone's like, oh, my God, he had a, he's a 100-yard, you know, 100-tackle guy. And I'm like, yeah, but. The guy gained 35 yards and got tired and fell over and landed, fell on top of him. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't impress me much. He couldn't cover a pool with a tarp. Ah, look at you. Look at you. He couldn't cover a, a dick with a condom. Yeah. He That's couldn't cover a with. pot with a lid. He couldn't cover a running back with his body. <laughs> <laughs> ha. Top that. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't right. cover a bet with bet online. That <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be the promo for the show this year, or, or for this week, is that that little right there. Now, uh, what are you drinking at? What is that cup? What is that this cup? Is a Miami Dolphins Turvis that a I what? got for a Turvis. It's like a type of tumbler. Oh, keeps things cold. I like it. So I have it. No. Oh. Um, you can buy one. Mm, I don't want just to go that. to welcome to perfectville.com. <laughs> don't do that. We don't sell. Hey, that. I got I got to speak of websites. I, I told you the story and, um, uh, it. Let's just talk about it. I'm getting a vasectomy tomorrow. By the time Oof. you listen, by the time you listen to this episode, uh, I will be half the man I once was Chris. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I booked this right at like, it's time. It's time 40. I don't want to have any other kids. It's the right time to get this done. I understand it, but it sucks. So like the whole process is not fun. Like I'm, I could walk by a car accident outside and be like, oh, gross, but kind of cool. But the guy tells me about the procedure and I'm ready to faint over the phone. Like I just, I don't do well with the medical stuff. Um, but anyway, so all this is going on. I booked the appointment. It comes out on my Google calendar and I'm like, great, whatever. I got my vasectomy appointment coming up a, a couple days ago. I get a, I get a text from my cousin and he's like, Hey, you're getting a vasectomy on Friday, huh? And I'm like, how the hell do you know about this? It's not like anything I'm walking around telling anybody. And he's like, dude, it's all over your website. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I go to my comedy website and uh, sure as shit, my Google calendar was syncing because somehow it went to my comedy calendar and it syncs to my comedy website and it shows everyone that goes to this website what I'm doing on a Friday night, Chris. And that is, of course, you know, playing snip, defense, snip, snip. <laughs> playing, playing my own type of defensive coordinator uh, role with my own body. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this is out there. And then I'm hearing from uh, comedy bookers from all over the country who are like, hey, uh, so we were going to book you on Friday, but you look a little busy, huh? And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is out there. But uh, yeah, kind of funny. And, and the best part about it is if you go on that website, uh, the picture of me is cut off right at the waist. And then right underneath there is a vasectomy appointment. It's almost like I planned it and I did not. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing on a Friday. So explain to me what you're going to look like tomorrow in the chair. Like, do does the guy like, do you go on all fours and he comes from like behind? Are you sitting in stirrups, like with your legs up and the balls just dangling? Does he hold them? Is there a well, nurse that? Yeah, explain. So, please, please. yeah, so there's there's a couple of different options. I was hoping there was one where I could just stand in front of a microwave for like 60 minutes and see if that would make me sterile. Like that would be 
my preference. Um, but no, uh, one of them is you can just slam your junk at a car door, car door. And I'm like, Ooh, that sounds good too. Um, no. So <laughs> watching the dolphins on Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, I'm used to the 17 weeks out of the season anyway, this won't hurt that much. Um, so I, I honestly like, here's what I know. First of all, if you get a vasectomy, don't talk to anybody about it. Like don't talk to your friends that have had it done. Like, I know you want to do the research and for the most part, I'm like, Oh, it's not that bad. It's two days. It'll be fine. Um, and then you hear stories like one guy, my friend, Ryan, who, by the way, shout out to Ryan. He's a listener of this. He's a 49er fan. He thought that, uh, us losing to the Niners, Chris broke us. Cause we didn't do a couple of podcasts after that Niners game. And he's like, Oh, I think maybe, you know, the Niners beating you guys broke you. I'm like, Oh no, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the fan- fandom of being a Miami Dolphins fan. We've had like at least 75 way more brutal losses. Than yeah. Dolphins. After that game, I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, come on. I, I mean, no, with all due respect, Ryan, no, but, um, you know, Ryan was telling me stories about, you know, his journey with this and it's like, Oh, you got to make sure you shave because if you don't shave, um, you know, and they tell you to shave, they, they tell you to shave, but if you don't do a good enough job, then guess what? The nurse has to come in and she has to shave you while you're there on your back with your legs spread. And, uh, I can only imagine like looking at the eyes of this nurse who went to nursing school, who, who trained to be a nurse and, uh, her, her, her job duties that day are to shave you because you don't know how to shave your own area there. Like, my God, at that point, don't you go to indeed.com and just find a new job that, I mean, what a terrible, terrible, I would feel awful. I've definitely seen that porno. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you say that because I was talking about, he's like, yeah, it's, it's not like a porno situation either where it's like this scenario that happens and then something good's going to happen. It's just a very awkward, embarrassing, cold room that you have to do all this in. Uh, yeah. So the whole thing, it's, it's very weird. Like I, it, <laughs> here's another thing where this is happening. It's like right next door to a subway. Like, <laughs> like, I'm going to have this procedure and then I can just go get a, you know, meatball sub. Yeah, hey. exactly. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing is very bizarre. I believe I have to sit like on my back legs kind of in stirrups, um, very much like how a, a woman would go through a gyno. Type I, I can't of, wait for race to, uh, Photoshop this, by the way. I know I'm, I'm planning on eating like nothing but Baja fresh and Chipotle for breakfast and lunch tomorrow and just seeing what happens tomorrow night. You know, so they're, they're, here, here's the question everybody's probably thinking, screaming at their Spotify. They want to know to who ask. our Josh Boyer defensive coordinator replacement yeah. is going to be. No, instead. no, we don't. No, we don't. No. It's a perfect feel. Season's over, folks. Um, here's the deal. You're going to do the whole, you know, slap it a couple times, rub it a little bit, make it look bigger type deal. Or what's that going to look like? Here's, here's the part that I love. They're like, look, we really want the testes and everything to be really close to the body in order for this to work. And I'm like, sweet. So I don't even have to worry about that because like <laughs> we can just, we're going to go into I'm in a, a cold, cold room, room. I'm yeah. in a cold room. Like I don't have to worry about it. I'm doing them a favor by everything turtling back in inside of a cold room. But I mean, it, 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 it has to cross your mind at some point, right? Like you just like, you're still like, Oh, this is still really weird. Like, I don't know. Is there a mule back, you know, in the back of the, this office by the subway that can just kick me in the, in the in the balls like right is there something other than this but uh whatever i mean it, it'll be fine i guess hopefully if not then you know uh there'll be somebody else in this chair next week well yeah congratulations on spitting in the face of evolution and reproduction so listen i i don't need any more kids like it, i it, it's 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 fine everything's fine i i encourage everybody i hope they give me a dog call like one of those one of them cones that goes around my head, you know, like after you neuter a dog. That's what I'm how, how, like. What's the uh, what's the time frame of being out on this? So you're gonna be like it, one of those guys sitting on like frozen peas, <laughs> you know, like for a couple of days, like watching the playoffs. Couple of days, man. I'm hoping I can milk this through the Super Bowl. 
I don't want to. Absolutely. I don't know. I had a pretty major procedure to like, I don't know. Everything online says you should be good in 24 hours. No, I think that meant 24 days. Um, probably through the weekend. Like I, you know, I'll be down for the weekend and then probably back up and running in time for, uh, you know, Monday. So this is the last Perfectville podcast with Sam Marcu, two-time Hall of Famer and Dr. Chris Cullen and Sam Marcu's properly working testicles. <laughs> properly working is a stretch to begin with, but the, uh, <laughs> you know, I just thought about this. You're a doctor. I should have consulted with you with this whole thing. And I should have had you as my personal doctor, my personal physician in the room. And you could uh, legit, like the doctor has no idea who I am, right? Like I'm just another person to him. But uh, I, I I was asking him questions. I'm like, okay, so you're going to be doing this procedure. And I'm like, do you have allergies? It's like, excuse me. I'm like, I don't want you sneezing while you're down in that area. Like, I don't want anything <laughs> wrong happening. And at one you don't point, you have a nut allergy, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that. Damn it. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Well, then the other thing is, he's like, look, you know, for people that are terribly anxious, we can actually, you know, uh, prescribe uh, uh, certain pills like uh, lithium and, and or not lithium thallium. And I'm like, I need that. And he's like, oh, you're you're terribly anxious. I'm like, no, but if you're giving me free drugs, I'm going to take it. And mm-hmm. uh, he got very serious on the consultation. Like, I think we need to have a different type of conversation. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, I'm kidding. But seriously, if you could just go ahead and write that prescription, that would be fantastic. You're like, I promise I'm a comedian. Look, here's my calendar. It even shows that I'm <laughs> coming to see you on Friday. <laughs> I'll be appearing for two shows on a Friday. Uh, my God. Anyway. So let's, let's just get back into it here. Like course, that was a nice naturally. little, yeah, let's we, just, we, we, we went off the rails a little bit, but we're coming back in. Josh Boyer's gone. The other assistants are gone. We don't know if we're going 4-3 or 3-4. That's going to be entirely up to Mike McDaniel, what he's looking for in that defensive scheme uh, and who he hires. So let's talk about the candidates, Chris. Uh, Who are the names that you would like to see or the profile that you would like to see from a defensive coordinator? If not names, what are you looking for from this is what the candidate should look like? So I want to look at somebody that's a little bit opposite of Mike McDaniel, Mm -hmm. uh, has some experience possibly as an NFL head coach. Uh, that he can lean on um, someone that will come in and be a little rough and tough, uh, but also just smart as far as the game goes where the players will respect, uh, but also play for um, and that's going to be very important. Obviously it's going to be ha- somebody also that's been through some trials and tribulations, uh, somebody that um, can pair well with Mike McDaniel because it's his team. Ultimately, uh, obviously it's all everyone's talking about. And it's the top of my list as well. I'm going to throw a name out there. The guy I'm hoping for, I'm wanting for is Vic Vangio. Yeah. Uh, Vic Vangio uh, obviously did great things in Chicago, um, got promoted to head coach at Denver was playing with, you know, Paxton Lynch and these random fucking U-Haws from, you know, like a QB um, had a bad go of it and it got let go. He's a great, I mean, great defensive coordinator uh, with now some limited head coaching experience where he can come to Mike and be like, dude, I wish I could do it over again and do this, this, and this and, and, and be a helpful hand. And another name, I guess I'll throw out there. If you're asking me for names, somebody that uh, is a great defense coordinator as well. And great defensive mind, uh, somebody that can help uh, the culture as far as um, the locker room, uh, as somebody that's been around a very long time and been there. And it's another tie to the Chicago bears. And that's Lovey Smith. If he's looking for a defensive coordinator position, maybe he's like, I'm done head coaching. I'm going to find my niche at defensive coordinator. And then one last name I'm going to throw out there, Sam, as far as uh, what I would think would be interesting and it's complete different opposite of the first two I just said, but I think would really spark this team and spark the city. Give Sam Madison a shot. Let him be defense coordinator. It's intriguing to me. I think people would like that. It seems a little gimmicky to me to put Sam Madison there quite 
you know, right he's definitely now. Far number three on my list. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I he is a Mike McDaniel hire. He came back this past offseason. You know, I know a lot of people like to give, um, you know, credit to Josh Boyer for the development of Cater Kahoot because he does have a lot of experience in finding people like Nick Needham and making them better. And 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 I'm sure that's part of it. But Sam Madison had a ton of uh, no names in Kansas City that he developed into decent players for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs in their defensive backfield in terms of cornerbacks. So I, I could see that because he does seem to have a knack for player development. He also played defense for the for the Miami Dolphins for many years and was played it at a high level. So I know he understands the expectations that are needed. Vic Fangio, I think, has got to be number one on everyone's list. You know, his name is attached to the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's uh, it, it has or will be interviewing with them for their D.C. role. There's a lot of rumors that D'Amico Ryans will be leaving the San Francisco 49ers uh, to, to pursue a head coaching job, maybe with the Texans or the Broncos or something along those lines. And if D'Amico Ryans were to leave that San Francisco defense, Vic Fangio reuniting back with the San Francisco 49ers as their defensive coordinator um, seems like it would make a lot of sense too. So I think Vic Fangio is going to be a name in demand. Uh, he's obviously tied with Sean Payton, but if Sean Payton takes that Broncos job, there's no way Vic Fangio is going with him. Uh, and matter of fact, the the defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos, um, he's being blocked by the Denver Broncos to interview for defensive coordinator roles elsewhere. Uh, in the NFL, I mean, obviously, if he goes for a head coaching job, that's different. But they're they're looking to hold on to their defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos out there. So it seems to me that uh, Vic Fangio is not going to go with Sean Payton if Sean Payton takes that Denver Broncos gig for obvious reasons. So Vic Fangio's got to be number one. Um, Lovey Smith, you know, I, I it's an intriguing name. I heard that a couple times here today. Um, interesting. I think you know, depending on uh, first of all, Lovey Smith is like a man again amongst men. I mean, the, the, what this guy has had to endure in terms of being a head coach for the Houston Texans is something else. Um, so I think he carries a lot of weight around behind his name. I think he's got a lot of respect that defend uh, our defensive players would probably listen to him. You know, in a heartbeat. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering though because you look at how Mike McDaniel put together his his staff on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of former players, a lot of younger guys trying to come up that can maybe run with him at the same time. Um, I do think there's merit in having a veteran DC that has a resume right now. Uh, somebody like a Vic Fangio just makes a ton of sense if you can afford him, if you can get him onto the staff. It seems to me that you don't fire Josh Boer three days or four days after the season ends. You probably do it day one or day two uh, unless you are onto something. You think there's something out there um, but I'm also surprised that if you're Vic Fangio, don't you want control over your entire defensive staff? Don't you want control over everyone that you are going to be in charge of in terms of being the defensive coordinator? Why would you just fire the Patriots people and not clear house altogether and say, Vic, this is your side of the ball? Uh, I don't know. But, um, you know, th th those are a couple names. I, I agree with those names. Um, there's the guy who, uh, you know, the rumors are he doesn't want to be anything other than a defensive line coach. He used to be a DL coach for us. He's with the Niners right now. Um, I I, I get the I get a feeling I think Mike McDaniel likes former players to be defensive coaches, which goes back to your theory about Sam Madison. But there's also guys out there. Aaron Glenn comes to mind. Uh, he's been coaching, I think, for a few years now. Played the game at a great level. I could see somebody like him getting getting a shot with Mike McDaniel as well. So I, I think we're aligned. I, personally, if if he could bring in Vic Fangio, which was the rumor last offseason that he'd come in, and, and it was just maybe too early after Vic got fired uh, for him to come in and be that DC, uh, he has a relationship with Mike McDaniel. That would be almost ideal. Yeah, another name I want to throw out there is uh, current Saints defensive backs coach Chris Richard. 
Um, he's yeah, a former could, player. Um, was the defensive uh, coordinator for the Cowboys. Cowboys uh, yeah. it, it was under Dan Quinn. Um, so definitely a guy I would look for, a young guy, former player um, who didn't get a coordinator job last year and has helped the Saints defense was just incredible this year, their DBs. Um, so I could definitely see someone like him getting an interview and brought in. Uh, another name to throw out there, no one's really talking about it, but, man, he did a good job. Um, Wade Phillips. What do you think mm. about Wade Phillips coming an old, old dad around <laughs> for like a young Mike McDaniel? You can go to old Wade with the cowboy hat and ask for his his opinion on things, or uh, maybe the young guys can come to him because he's been the old hoot that's been around for a while and they're nervous to talk to Mike about it. And they know Wade's the sensitive guy that's going to pour him a shot of bourbon and have a conversation. Shit, shit your ass down. Let's talk about that, buddy. Like that's that's Wade to me. What do you think about that? You know, there's a couple of things. First of all, I think uh, Chris Richard, like you were talking about, he he actually interviewed as the head coach candidate for the Miami Dolphins Correct. last offseason, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, he's not an unknown to uh, South Florida, at least the front office anymore. Um, Wade Phillips, I, I'm going to be 100% honest, Chris. I did not know he was still alive. Um, <laughs> I just didn't. I, I I thought I could have sworn, you know, the NFL paid him a tribute like a year and a half ago or something like that. But uh, my bad, Wade. I, apparently you're alive and kicking. I, I picture Wade Phillips like Futurama, you know, in the future where it's just the, the floating head in the uh, in the tube because the body no longer exists because it's, it's like, I could feel like Wade Phillips is just be a floating head that Mike McDaniel walks around with, you know, on the sidelines, like, wait, how do we, you know, are we blitzing on third and five? No, what are you talking about? You know, these guys haven't been, so I don't know. I Wade might be um, a little bit past his prime. Maybe I'm being 74 in June. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I mean, he's a name. He's definitely out there. Um, I, it would be a lot of fun to have Wade Phillips on the sidelines, though, right? I mean that 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 could be a lot of fun. Just uh, I, what what the complete opposite of Mike McDaniel, or maybe yeah. not. Like him and McVay on the sideline was a lot of fun to watch. You got this young spunky guy, like high five in the old man. Like yeah, it's almost like you, you're going to shoot pool with your grandpa and like just having the time of your life. Like that that was those two there. I could see McDaniel and him really doing that, <laughs> and especially McDaniel just feeling confident that he can just like handle the defense and do what he's asked. Imagine like next season we have to call a random timeout. And you're like, oh my God, here comes Mike McDaniel again, blowing timeouts. And it's because we have to make sure Wade Phillips comes to our sideline. Like you're on the wrong <laughs> sideline. Wait, that's that's the bit. You're no longer with the Bills. You, you, need to, you need to come on to this side of the sideline. He's still got applesauce on his chin from the uh, the nurse feeding on that halftime. <laughs> you know, the best part about that is uh, Wade Phillips, if he was in front of us right now, would kick both of our asses. So Absolutely. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why we're talking. And you totally mock you for fucking with your balls tomorrow. Speaking of which, maybe we should get my surgeon uh, to be defensive coordinator there, Chris. I mean, he's stopping the balls from moving forward for me tomorrow. Uh, he seems like he has a pretty good game plan. Uh, what about that? Well done. Good idea. Yeah. Um, another name I was looking up, uh, coaching searches. I'm going to totally butcher this. And this is this is probably going to be the higher Sam because it's just going to force us to say his name over and over again because Boyer was way too easy. But um, this is the defensive line coach for the 49ers. Yeah. Who, um, obviously, so talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris Kokerick or what yeah. have you. Definitely he was actually one. he was a coach for us back in the day before he went to the Niners. Um, the players love him. Yeah, the rap on him is that he doesn't really want the responsibility of being a defensive coordinator. He's fine being like where me. he's at. You know, like ah, that's cool. I just you know I got got all these talented guys on the defensive line. I'll just hang with them. Here's another one, and you might have mentioned it. Uh, I was not listening. Um, <laughs> but Marvin Lewis. I have not. I did not mention Marvin, Marvin Lewis has been uh, with Herm Edwards at Arizona State the last two years. He might want to get back into the NFL. 
uh, coach a contender. The guy was the Ravens defense coordinator for years before getting, going to the Bengals and had lots of success. Now, what a lot of that was probably player driven, um, but respected head coach type. Um, definitely could see it being an option, but just throwing that out there. Imagine having to hang out with Herm Edwards for two years. Like, I'd want to look for a new job too. That that's that sounds like that's hazard pay right there. You drink <laughs> to get drunk. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, I think everyone's looking for Vic Fangio. Um, I'm wondering if we're going to shoot a little bit lower than that and try to get somebody who's got a little bit of the, uh, hey, I used to play this game at a high level, not too far away from when you're playing right now, young man uh, type higher. Um, but it makes sense to me to pair Mike McDaniel, who's now going into his second year as a head coach with a defensive coordinator who can really own the defense and and really just be that guy who, like you said, has maybe former head coach experience who's been there before. How about this name? I, I saw this and I, I originally was like, no, there's absolutely no way. What about? <clears throat> Bear with me here. Rex Ryan. What about Rex Ryan? You'd have to reverse his ridiculous veneer tooth job because I can't even stand to listen to him talk now with the smacking teeth and the just the spit coming from fake tooth to fake tooth and the obviously white, too white teeth on TV. Uh, joking aside, he's a fucking hell of a coach and a hell of a motivator. If he was looking to get back into coaching, which I doubt he is, he's getting paid very handsomely to be on the Sunday morning countdown show and all that. Uh, but if he did, and he would, we better be the hard knocks team next year <laughs> with Mike I mean, McDaniel and him. Jesus can Christ. Can you imagine the, you know, all of a sudden it's like, why are all the defensive players playing barefoot? I got a process. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> Rex Ryan. That would mean that he would have been uh, everywhere, but the Patriots in the AFC East, if that was the case. Right. So yeah, um, Rex Ryan, uh, you know, I'm throwing that out there. I, everyone wants Vic Fangio and I understand why that makes sense. I just feel like it's going to be a guy that we're going to go, Oh shit. Him. I don't know. My gut tells me it's not going to be a name that we're uh, we're even thinking about right now. Yeah, my my thing is with Vangio, uh, Mike McDaniel just needs to get out there. I hope he has somebody in mind. I know I mentioned yeah. that earlier. So if if not, one thing I will say I do like about McDaniel and this decision with Josh Boyer is I'm glad he saw the whole grasp of the entire season and didn't let one decent game by our defense in the playoffs. Yeah, keep somebody that's a, a lame duck, you know, yeah. somebody that's on the way out. He made a decision regardless of a good game. Just great job Sunday. Appreciate your efforts, but you still are, are there's the door. And I respect that about Mike McDaniel, which tells you they probably made the decision prior to that game. Correct. And it might've been like, look, if you win the game, then maybe there's a different conversation, but you know, the last three games of the season we brought up on the, on the podcast last week, Chris, uh, the Miami Dolphins defense in terms of yards was number one in the league. However, it was against the Jets, the Patriots yeah. and the Packers, you know, not exactly world beaters right now in 2022 and 2023 for the NFL. So uh, I'm glad that those games didn't sway this either. So either way, you know, Josh Boyer is moving on. We can say goodbye to a perfect bill to him. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I mean, look, the Vikings fired their defensive coordinator today. The Falcons have an opening. It looks like the Niners are going to have a defensive coordinator job, which that's got to be the easiest job in the world at this point, right? With all of that talent, you just like, I could be the coach and be like, you know, my, my, my soon to be severed vast Denver deference could coach that my uh, San Francisco 49ers defense to a, an 11 and six record. Um, there's going to be a lot of defensive uh, jobs available and not a lot of coordinators that people are thinking about. I think everybody wants Vic Fangio for obvious reasons. So uh, we have our work for cut out for us. If that's the guy we're going to go get. 
The good thing about the Miami Dolphins, Sam, and is the reason why we've been at this for a better half of a decade, over a de- half a decade, is we refuse to not give you something to talk about. So yeah. here we are. Miami loses. We should be like, oh, what do we do? We wait till April for the draft. Not so fast, my friend. Yeah. We Look. now have fired half of our most of our defensive <laughs> staff, and we are in the market. So here we go. Let's, and let's choo-choo. And I and cho- speaking of choo-choo, I, I booked you know, for my wiener to get choo-chooed by uh, a surgeon for the sake of this show so that we had something to talk about. There will be no downtime. There is no off-season here in the town of Perfectville. Happy birthday to us, seven years old, this show, part of the Believe Network. And uh, we'll, we'll find out. How long do you think this process will take? I'm not going to ask you to predict who will be the defensive coordinator, but how long do you think this process will take? Will we have our defensive coordinator prior to the Super Bowl being played? You know, I was under the impression a vasectomy happens in like 30 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, For some I of us, so. it takes a little longer. <laughs> hey, you. Uh, I hope so. Uh, just uh, we need to get this done. I I, I don't want to keep bantering about it. There's only so many people we can talk about. We'll never know what happens until it happens. Yeah. Um, I, I do hope that there's some semblance of uh, getting a new coach in here because the draft is right around the corner. Free and she's right around the corner and we're going to know what the scheme looks like and what that coach's ideas are and where we're, where we're headed. So I, I definitely think hope and think it's sooner rather than later. Well, last year during the head coach search, we said, if nothing else, we just want a fat head coach and we went out and got the thinnest man available. Um, Squints. Squints, but he eats like a fat guy. He doesn't eat vegetables, so that's how we justified it. Uh, maybe we'll get our fat defensive coordinator. That was for you, Sorty. You uh, you stealing our our bit. Bastard. But uh, anyway, Chris, um, before we get out of here in the town of Perfectville, it's part of the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag. Anything else you'd like to say? Don't forget to shave. <laughs> that's just good <laughs> advice in general. All right. Well, on behalf of Chris Cole and the two-time, yes, two-time, Hall of Famer, myself, and the entire Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag. The only thing left to say is goodbye to my balls and from Perfectville. Later, balls and Perfectville. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.